welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. Presented by Cape and Cowl Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Rainier. Rainier, how are you doing? What's up, Henry? How's it going? Pretty good. So today we're going to talk about Doomsday Clock. Now, just recently at New York Comic Con, there was a bit of a, a preview, right? They released the first six pages of issue one. Now, this series is a 12-part series. It's not slated to release until November 22nd, yeah? Um, so this is, yeah, we're getting an early glimpse. So this is available to all. Uh, why don't we start out with a little spoiler alert. We're going to talk about these first six pages, and it's not... Uh, you know, it's not spoiler free. There, there's stuff in here. You know, there's yeah information, <laughs> deep cuts. Yeah, man. So, um, maybe you want to uh, uh, read up on those six pages. They're widely available on the internet. Um, before we you continue, but yeah, we're gonna spoil there. We'll also, you know, inevitably spoiler uh, some some previous Watchmen material too. Uh, but yeah, this is pretty exciting. Well, what are your uh, initial thoughts on these uh, first six pages? Well, first of all, anyone who's listening that hasn't watched Watchmen or read Watchmen, I can't imagine anyone who's listening has not been up to speed on what, what has happened with the Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you should know. You, you shouldn't have to uh, go back and research and whatnot. This is like comic book basics. Right? <laughs> exactly. This is like top of the list, must read. Yeah, required reading, if you will. Right. Um, but yeah, no, these first six pages, this is hot off the presses. This is just a couple weeks ago, I think they revealed it. Um, and highly rec- recommend yeah. checking so this stuff out. It's cool. It's cool. So it looks like it comes off the heels of where we left off with the original Watchmen series, where. Rorschach has a book of notes that takes um, into account everything that has happened up until uh, up until his bitter end. Yes, and his uh, seemingly bitter end. Yeah, because no one ever really dies. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this this tell-all book is, um, I believe, anonymously sent to a a newspaper. Yeah, that's right. And that's that's where it ends, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's how the original Watchmen series ended. It kind of a cliffhanger, you know. It's sort of like uh, Rorschach had dropped off his journal at this newspaper, and there was some question as to whether it would be revealed or not. Drop off the. It was a drop the mic moment for Rorschach. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was in this. Um, in this uh, stack of materials that they would consider that was like to be considered uh, for the paper, you know, and they were deciding which to run and everything else in there, they were going to throw out. So there was kind of a cliffhanger. Would they get to Rorschach's journal or not? You know, Uh, so with the doomsday clock, it seems they did, they used it and it was made public. And apparently it appears the world is a whole lot worse off because of it. Yeah. The, yeah. The, it starts off with just complete public unrest and yeah. what seems to be anarchy on the streets of, I would assume it's New York. Presumably. Yeah. But 
I, I think it, the sense I got was, yeah, New York is messed up, but like the whole world is is kind of it's kind of fucked at the moment. Yeah. So, right. So in this, so how Watchmen ends is there's just mass destruction that occurs in New York, and millions of people die. Yeah. And it's 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 sickeningly justified by Adrian Veidt by saying, well, the world needs to be able to needs to go through crazy tragedy to be able to come together to rebuild to make a better place right that's that's the underlying basic message yeah that was his rationale for doing what he did and so rorschach's journal coming out shows that this whole thing was not well it was supposed to be from a bystander point of view this was supposed to be an alien invasion right and uh the result of which is, you know, millions of people died. And now the idea is that humanity is supposed to come together to fight a greater good. Yes, and exactly. And this journal that Rorschach had, uh, you know, blown the doors open on is saying that, well, no, this was actually a calculated plan and there was an intention to kill millions of people. Right. And so everyone has caught wind of this. And now rather than saving humanity, humanity is now on the brink of, of self-destruction because of this. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting because I think that's what Ozymandias would have predicted. That's why he didn't want the, this information to get out. That's why he wanted to put the blinders on the world and make them think, oh, there there was this outside invader so the world could come together and, like you said, you know, fight for the greater good. It is, it's really interesting because, it, you know, the... Watchmen has always been about gray areas, you know, like Ozymandias is not an outright evil villain. You know, y- you can look at him as maybe being the hero of the story, right? Because, Ooh, was he the I hero? mean, his, his, uh, his rationale was you sacrifice millions to save billions, you know, and... It's a very big moral question there. <laughs> it's huge. Like, you, you could argue he saved... Like he saved the world, you know, by by doing what he did, um, because it really was set up. The original series was set up that if he hadn't done what he did, then the world would have gone to nuclear war. You know, right, right. So th- that's that's the whole uh, thing with the doomsday clock, right? The doomsday clock is is this measure of how close the world is to nuclear war, right? Yeah, right. And yeah, by by the initial story you know, his intervention essentially prevented World War Three. you know, so it's, it's, it's such an interesting, like, debate you could have. Yeah. And, and where we start with Doomsday Clock, it's almost like it kind of justifies Ozymandias' actions because it shows, like, oh, there's a reason why he wanted to put the blinders on the world because if they knew this, this evil truth, that people would go crazy. And sure enough, people have gone crazy. That's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple notes uh, that, that kind of ran through my mind. Uh, the look of of these first six pages are, are really cool. It looks just like the original Watchmen series, you know? Yeah, like it didn't skip a beat. Yeah, the, the artwork and the panel structure is very, very reminiscent of of the original Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons uh, 12 issue run. And these six pages, they're in black and white, but I'm guessing they will continue with the same color scheme that the original 
series had? That's a good question, you know, because, yeah, the, these uh, first six pages are previewed to us in black and white, but they kind of called out the black and white, so presumably the finished product will be in color. But, yeah, I wonder if it will look like the original series there because that was kind of a distinguishing look of that yeah. series, right? Oh, that was purposely done, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, another thing is the the setting the setting is is the world of watchmen you know there's a lot of question about where this doomsday clock series would where it would take place you know after the button issues that came out a little while ago those were really rooted in the dc universe and it just kind of hinted at watchmen but what we see with these six pages this is clearly the world of watchmen and in fact I mean, we know there's going to be some crossover stuff happening with Superman and Batman and who knows who else. Uh, oh, I think I think Jeff Johns clearly said that there's going to be something that's going to happen between Dr. Manhattan and Superman. Nice. I can't wait. <laughs> but yeah, clearly that is going to happen. But at least with these first six pages, there's no indication at all. No. The only indication we get is like from the covers, basically, where we see like one of the covers has Superman on it. One of the covers has batman on it the, the batman cover super cool he's reading roshak's <laughs> journal right how did he get that journal was he on the mailing list of that uh, <laughs> newspaper company possibly well clearly the the greatest detective in the world is going to get his hands on that oh, somehow right? maybe wayne industries owns that publishing company <laughs> oh, there you go who knows who knows There's limitless possibilities here the thing that's interesting is that uh, we don't come across an actual watchman uh, character until the tail end of these six pages and uh, we, yeah. see, we see Rorschach yes. uh, in, a, in a prison he's in a prison, he's not imprisoned but he's in, he's, he's in a prison facility. Yes yes indeed and that was huge you know because again spoiler on the original Watchmen series Rorschach is killed he's killed by Dr. Manhattan he doesn't just kill him, he <laughs> obliterates his existence. Yeah, he's basically vaporized and yeah, he, he, there's, there's no question he's gone. So how is he back? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I wonder if that was purposely done to make sure that Rorschach never comes back. <laughs> because if he just snapped his neck or, you know, shot him to the heart, like Dr. Manhattan could reverse that. But Presumably. because he erased him ex essentially from existence with no remains, yeah. could Dr. Manhattan reconstitute Rorschach to come back? I don't know. That's a big question. And then there's also the question of timelines. Is this simply an alternate timeline where Rorschach was not killed? You know, that, that came up with the whole like reverse flash thing where there's like, I don't know, infinite alternate timelines. Maybe, yes, this is the world of Watchmen, but maybe it's a slightly different timeline than... Oh, part, Original of the, 12 part of the multiverse. Run. I mean, the multiverse is a big part of the DC universe. So, so this this could be maybe. a branch of the multiverse. Oh, you know what I just thought about? What's that? What if that's Bruce Wayne under Rorschach's mask? Oh, damn, <laughs> that's a big one. You know, wrench in the machine. I did notice that. I mean, he kind of acted like Rorschach. Yeah, because his last line is stomach stomach groans i'm hungry I yeah mean, that's very much rorschach so that right? seems like rorschach but uh, yeah who knows who knows maybe it is someone else maybe it's a different timeline maybe it's 
him put back together by Dr. Manhattan. I don't know. Bruce Wayne doesn't know how to put on many faces. Could be. I don't know. Either way, somewhere in the world, Alan Moore is rolling his eyes, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, (laughs) jeez. I mean, yeah, I I think it's like you said, he wanted to make sure that Rorschach was dead and he was clearly dead. But uh, in the world of comic books, kind of like what you're saying, no one truly dies. I'm guessing, you think Alan Moore is still receiving royalties from everything that's coming out Watchmen related? You know, from my understanding, it's that he is not. Like, um, there was some controversy about when Watchmen was released, the uh, DC kind of billed it as, you know, creators are are getting their due you know and i think watchmen as a from a creative standpoint was a huge triumph it was alan moore and dave gibbons really putting out the the story they wanted to put out right you know there was no influence from um from from editors and whatnot but from like a uh character uh ownership standpoint i think they, they got screwed I, I don't think they're seeing the, the money that, that they should be seeing oh, from all this sucks. stuff yeah it's kind of sad right yeah so it's unfortunate so maybe we can justify alan moore's bitterness <laughs> but he goes overboard man he's like what's his uh, twitter feed when the movie came out he every comment was i spit venom on this watchman <laughs> movie or something like that yeah 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 i can't imagine now like he, he, the, the movie was one thing. The before Watchmen uh, prequel books were another thing. But to take uh, the world of Watchmen and now mixing it with the DC universe, I mean, that's a whole nother level, you know. And uh, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure Alan Moore is groaning once again. They approved a, a pilot episode for uh, Watchmen for HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, a lot uh, of things happening with Watchmen right now. Who's it? Damon Lindelof, I think, yes. is the uh, the guy uh, leading the project. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. Oh, I am too. And um, we need something to replace Game of Thrones when that's gone. <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious to see what's in store there. And uh, you know, I know there are Watchmen purists out there. And um, I certainly love the original material, but I really have enjoyed everything that has come out since then, too. You know, everything we just mentioned. The uh, Yeah, you followed the Before Watchmen really closely. Yeah, I, I read almost all of those books. I watched the, the movie several times. Um, the, you know, all this new stuff, the button issues, these preview pages. I'm all over it, man. I, I, I can't get enough. I love it all. I love it all. So, you know, call me a, a non-purist or whatever, but I'm, I'm, I'm in for all of it, dude. What, what, what about you? How are you feeling about all this stuff? I, I feel the same way. Um, I'm all about it, man. It's, it's amazing that we've come this far where even a Watchmen movie was made. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and to... Uh, Oh, man, to meld the universe of, you know, DC and these Watchmen guys, man, the possibilities are endless. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, um, yeah, seeing these preview pages, I feel good, man. Like, it feels like they're honoring the original material, and it's definitely drawn me in. Like, I'm, I'm like, captivated. I'm like, what is going to happen Here's the thing I'm a little worried about, though, is that my expectations are now super high. Oh, yeah. And I really don't want this thing to fall flat on its face. I don't want it to be a thing where it's like, 
someone wakes up and this was all a dream <laughs> or <laughs> they somehow come to an understanding and now they're equals and like yeah. i want to see a definite like winner and loser i want to see i want to see things happen i want to see things shake up yeah yeah well when when you say a definite winner and loser i don't know if we're going to get that the watching style is really not to give you a definitive yes or no winner or loser you know there's so much gray area but the feeling of they've taken risks with these stories like they talk about when this story came out like you know the 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 topics of like um like abuse and rape and like killing and murdering like those were all discussed in great detail like they took risks yeah by today's standards that's that's i mean you you can flip through any image book you'll find that stuff (laughs) that's very true yeah, yeah. But uh, I want to see them take some risks here. Like if, you know, if we see somebody die or if we some, see someone, I don't know, turn the tide in their, with their moral compass. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. I want to see some risks taken here. Yeah, yeah. I want to be able to turn a page and just gasp and have the oxygen <laughs> take, been, you know, taken out of my lungs. Yeah, I have a feeling that there's going to be some, some gasp-worthy moments. And you know what's interesting too is that they're really following the format of the original run. It's 12 issues. I think that's it. There's no like big crossover, like event style format, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, that's that's something I've been noticing with DC lately. Like this, so the current like metal series that they have running now, mm-hmm. uh, some of it is diving into some of the titles, but it's not crossing over into all the titles where you feel obligated to buy every single issue. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that. Right. <laughs> My yeah. wallet certainly appreciates that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, nice and tight, 12 issues. Um, you know, we're not talking huge crossover event, a la Civil War, etc. cetera. Um, yeah, it's really in the vein of the original series. I mean, even more so than the, uh, the before Watchmen books. I mean, those didn't cross over, obviously, to the DC Universe, but there were a lot of issues. I mean... Every character, every major character, essentially had had like a mini series. So those there were a lot of books. This is going to be twelve and twelve only. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on these books. What's What's interesting seeing these guys come together is that a lot of the characters from Watchmen were inspired by, you know, the main, you know, the main guys in the Justice League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least those archetypes right those type of superheroes yeah right and it's going to be interesting seeing them you know interact or fight or communicate with each other oh yeah that's a great point because the night owl character is essentially a a batman archetype you know he is a batman superhero so i would love to see them interact maybe have them go at it a little bit you know who would you say is rorschach's archetype oh i would definitely say Uh, a vigilante character a la the Punisher you know that type of character Uh, Mm. certainly you know we've seen that type of character um, in other incarnations I think Judge Dredd even uh, the the current uh, image series Killer Be Killed the Dylan character that's that's kind of a Rorschach type you know how about Silk Spectre would you say who would you draw that comparison to? <laughs> well, you know, it's fucked up. She's but a pretty unique character. But it's kind of like she's the girl. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, simply for put. For the sake of gender diversity. It's fucked up. But yeah, it's that's she's the girl of the group, <laughs> right? 
Yeah. But yes, yeah, it's, it's hard to really pinpoint an exact character because she doesn't have superpowers like Wonder Woman, you know? So like yeah. Wonder Woman would be the girl, quote unquote, in the Justice League. But I mean, she has godlike powers, you know? And Silk Spectre is just like a highly trained athlete, basically. So yeah. I don't know, maybe a, like a Black Widow type, something like that. Actually, Black Widow might be a good comparison because mm. both were trained at an early age in something they didn't particularly want to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that might be a, a good comparison. And there. then Manhattan and Superman. Yes. Yeah. The Superman. They even, yeah, they even referred to him as the Superman at yeah. certain points. Yeah. So, and yeah, yeah, that's another interaction that I'm really looking forward to. Dr. Manhattan and Superman. Yeah. And I'm curious too, like, where is this going to take place? Is it going to take place in New York? Is it going to happen in Gotham, Metropolis? Yeah. Or is it going to be all of it? Right. Yeah, presumably in the world of Watchmen, there is no Gotham City, there is no Metropolis, etc. Um, but in this possibly alternate universe, maybe they all exist? Maybe? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious too how much they're going to tie in some of our current political affairs and climate into mm -hmm. the storyline. I mean, this is this is a pretty broad landscape for them to be able to tie this into. Yeah. I wonder how much they're going to uh, draw from real life and put this into into the storyline. Oh, uh, to answer that, I have an answer already. There's a panel where you see a sign in the background that says make uh, <coughs> make america safe again <laughs> so there's, there's already the answer yeah. yeah there's already reference so how much more there is we'll see but yeah they're already tapping into the current climate you know so it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out oh man you think we're gonna see trump on the pages of a <laughs> watchman book <laughs> i mean if it's new york it's 1992 I mean, Trump was on the scene. You know, yeah. he was he was he was around. He was a player. So uh, maybe who knows? Another interesting thing: uh, the you know previously we had wondered like which of the main Watchmen characters would be appearing, and I think we kind of got our answer there too. It appears that they're all going to be in this. You know, it's kind of a throwaway reference, but I think there's one panel where it essentially lists all of the major Watchmen characters. You know, Dr. Manhattan, Ozymandias, Silk Spectre, Night Owl. Comedian. Did you say comedian? Comedian was in there. Yeah. Rorschach as well, you know. Uh, so they named him. Oh. And, and you know, yeah. it, it, the only one character you might think would not show up because, you know, because he died was Rorschach, but he's the one guy who showed up. He's there. Yeah. <laughs> he's there. So, yeah, I think they're all going to be in there, which... Dude, I, I'm so stoked. I can't wait to see it. Did you notice, um, this might be pretty blurringly obvious to you too, but uh, when they raided uh, Ozymandias' um, uh, was it his, his building or his apartment mm -hmm. or his office? Yeah. Um, they, uh, it, looked, it looks like a bunch of protesters that are there. Mm -hmm. they, uh, they threw his chair out the window, uh, very similar to how the comedian was thrown oh, out the window. Yeah. Falling to his death. Mm -hmm. Did you notice that, uh, that that callback? I didn't. But now that you mention it, it's a total, you know, it's it's a Watchmen style. You know, it's it's these visual callbacks, you know. So this is great. You know, I love it. Like, they're not only honoring 
you know, the characters and kind of the social awareness, but, um, or social commentary more so. Uh, but not only that, they're, they're using, you know, the same kind of visual style. It's, it's really cool. You, you can tell that there's, there's some, uh, some care and, and, and consideration yeah. in the work so far. I like when it starts, the, when the panel starts showing like all the various news feeds it gives you an idea of like where the state of like the world is. Basically, yeah. the world is in in panic, and yeah. um, you know that that sense of calming at the end of Watchmen, where mm-hmm. people realize, oh, we need to band together to protect ourselves from these aliens. Um, it has you know the strings have loosened on that, and the world yeah. is back in 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 you know in chaos. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, you will, we'll see, you know, how, how the DC universe characters are going to be integrated. I'm really curious. And is it setting it up so that, you know, the likes of Batman and Superman are needed to, to save this, this messed up world (laughs) or, or is it the Watchmen? Or uh, who knows? Maybe they'll team up or who knows? I don't know. So if Rorschach is back, you think the comedian will be back? Oh, that's right. Yeah, the comedian died in like the very beginning of the first Watchmen book. So in a world <laughs> in a world where Rorschach, who is vaporized, does come back, anything is possible, <laughs> right? So, So yeah, yeah, yeah. You that's think, right. Uh, that's right. Yeah, I, he could come back too. I wonder if Owlman's uh, owl ship will uh, <laughs> challenge Batman's Batwing to a race to see who's the fastest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you think they'll trade like gadget secrets? <laughs> I don't know. Now you're getting into some gimmicky territory. <laughs> I mean, stuff we definitely want to see, but um, I think the key is we want to see a good story, and a good story maybe wouldn't be so well served with gimmicky stuff like that. Yeah, we'll see. You know. We'll see what happens. We'll see. And I think the name of this series is interesting. It's called Doomsday Clock, you know. And the fact that this takes place essentially after the quote-unquote big doomsday event has happened, you know, this, this, this tragic mass killing has happened already, what does Doomsday Clock mean now? Is there going to be the potential of another like terrible event you know that's kind of looms over things right and then and then the um the the image that has been associated with this for quite a while is kind of interesting it's that the superman logo is placed at the the 12 midnight um you know setting right so does that mean that the doomsday hour is is sort of attributed to superman is he like is he the problem oh, is he the key or or is he the key yeah it, it, like how, how does that how does that work into things you know it is uh one of these covers is pretty striking where you see superman on the cover and then you see uh, the giant face of dr manhattan behind him yeah and you can see that part of his part of superman's leg is deconstructing into yeah. pieces of a uh, a watch or a clock yeah it's very interesting because it it brings up the question because we made the comparison you know dr manhattan is a superman-like character 
And so it, of course, begs the question, what would happen if they got into a fight? Let me ask you this. Who takes it? Superman (laughs) or Dr. Manhattan? Well, so the big question to me is, would Dr. Manhattan's powers, his ability to deconstruct essentially anything, would he be able to do that to Superman? You know, like would the same physics still apply? Right, like the Superman is an alien. Like presumably, he, Doctor Manhattan, would not understand the physics of a Kryptonian. Would he be able to vaporize Superman like he did Rorschach? Would he be able to to pick him apart like a tank? You know, uh, I don't know. Although this cover seems to imply maybe he he can, because we do see Superman's legs sort of. Um, I don't know, coming apart. Evaporating into pieces of a clock. I mean, it's kind of an abstract image, but that's the first thing I thought of was that, oh, maybe Dr. Manhattan could, could like take Superman apart. And then, of course, there's the question, maybe he can't. If he can't, can he make kryptonite appear? Because that's another All signature right. ability of Dr. Manhattan. He can just make stuff appear. He can create... Uh, anything out of something else, right? So could you right. make kryptonite appear again? But kryptonite is not of Earth, though, right? So if that yeah. same logic of can he, if he can't take apart Superman, how could he create kryptonite, right? That's a great argument. If he doesn't understand it, he can he create it? Maybe not. So, you know, <laughs> this is great. I love, I love these kind of questions. You go all day with it. Who do you think could take down Rorschach of the Justice League? Uh, Rorschach or uh, Rorschach, oh, uh, Doctor Manhattan. Doctor Manhattan. So, I think you got to look at you got to look back to the original Watchmen series. I think how I mean, they never Ozymandias never really defeated Doctor Manhattan. Or I, I guess maybe you could say he did because he made Doctor Manhattan leave. Yeah, Earth, he at least right? stunned him, right? Yeah, he at least he, he did. Yeah, he did stun him. He 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 departicalized him at one point, and then yeah, ultimately he did make him leave Earth. So what I'm driving at is that the way to quote unquote defeat Doctor Manhattan is is to use your brains. You know, like kind of outsmart him and we all know who's got brains yeah we know <laughs> batman is the guy um if we're talking justice league if we're talking the entire dc universe you know we're, you know lex luther comes comes to mind as well you know mm-hmm. the, the the super intellectuals the, those are the guys who i who i think can can dispatch dr manhattan and it wouldn't be kind of a, a traditional victory where you knock him out or something but it's sort of using your smart smarts using your resourcefulness to to <laughs> kind of m- manipulate him you know you have uh dead you know dead man is right boston brand uh no who's that he's uh he's a circus act he dies and he becomes this spirit that can go into anybody's body and be who they are can you imagine if this character was able to take control of dr manhattan <laughs> ah okay that's interesting and you know what i just thought what about these characters who, with with what they say, they can make you do whatever oh, they want, like a la uh, Jesse Custer? Right. There's or, the Psycho uh, Pirate from uh, Crisis on Infinite Okay, Earths. yep. There's uh, uh, Kilgrave um, in the Marvel Universe. What if... What if Jesse Custer told Dr. Manhattan to go fuck himself? Would he <laughs> Would he take his big blue dong and stick it in there? Or? That would be a different Watchmen <laughs> movie altogether. Yeah. In a so, whole different section of the video library. Yes, indeed. 
<laughs> oh, the questions. So many questions. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, it's safe to say we're both uh, fully stoked, ready for Doomsday Clock. And you told me about some some uh, some info on, on the rollout of these books, uh, particularly with uh, in relation to Cape and Cowell Comics, Oh, right? yeah, yeah. So there's a bunch of different, there's four different covers. One of them, uh, well, according to Aton's newsletter uh-huh. uh, at Cape and Cowell Comics, is the, the Midnight cover, Midnight release cover. So I'm yeah. guessing, I'm going to guess he's going to have some Midnight event or a late night event leading up to, you know, Midnight. Yep. I'm sure they're going to play this whole midnight thing to death because I <laughs> yeah. mean, this is the doomsday clock and Superman is at midnight. So right. that uh, makes yeah. total sense. Yes. Yeah. I think it's uh, safe to say we'll be there. I certainly want to be there. I can't wait for this. All right. So yeah. Any other thoughts about uh, doomsday clock or any of this stuff? I think we've, covered quite a bit of it but any other parting shots hmm well let's see i think we've got i think we've got it covered (laughs) yeah that that was a good point you brought up about the comedian like so they did name him but i mean the people i can't remember did people know the comedian's real identity um before he died that's a good question. You know, I don't think so. I want to say his identity was still kept secret. So kept for the secret. most part, they don't know he's dead. So maybe they're referring to him as if they think he's still around because they right, didn't right. know who he was in his yeah. real life. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It who bumps knows? me out a little bit to think that, yeah, that maybe he won't be appearing in this series, but... You know he's going to appear. <laughs> he's got to appear in here. Yeah, I know. Not now, like, if Rorschach's in there, I mean, come on. His button is like the definitive iconic image of the Watchman. He's got to be. He's yeah, gotta, that's right. He's and play some part and the, the button, story. the button has appeared already in the button uh, issues, right? Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. And the button does have his blood splatter on it, so we kind of right. know that timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I'm just curious how this is gonna, how they're gonna merge into each other's worlds. Like, how's this gonna happen? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we got a taste of it in those button issues, right? So, it, it seemed that Reverse Flash, I mean, this is all kind of implied, but it, the implication was that he met Dr. Manhattan and Dr. Manhattan killed him, essentially, right? That seems like, I mean, again, we don't see it explicitly. Yeah, it's, if it happened, it happened off panel. Yeah, yeah, yes. But it seemed like that is what happened. And he refers to the blue god or something like that. Right, right. I mean, it's, it seems pretty clear that that's what we're, we're meant to believe. Oh, so maybe Dr. Manhattan is the gate, right? <laughs> He's merging Could these universes be. together. And maybe, I mean, again, just speculating, but maybe Dr. Manhattan is... He, once he discovers that there's this, there's this rift, you know, there's this way that, that universes can collide. Maybe he wants to protect his universe. That's why it killed Reverse Flash. And maybe that, maybe that's why there's going to be some conflict between, yeah. say, him and Superman. Wait a second. How are we not talking about Firestorm? So, you know, Firestorm? Yeah. <laughs> Ronnie Raymond? Yes. So he can transmutate, like, 
molecules. Oh, you can yeah. turn things into different things. Right. A la Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Oh, man. I wonder if he's going to play a part <laughs> in this. He has to. Oh, that would be really interesting. Actually, yeah, Firestorm and Dr. Manhattan, I feel like, are more closely related in terms of what their abilities are mm-hmm. compared to Superman and Dr. Yeah. Manhattan. That's a, that's a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. Their powers are, are very similar. Very similar. And, um, hey, you know what I, I just thought of? I'm glad you you pointed out some of the backstory and how the, the backstory is the the original Alan Moore 12-issue run, not the, the Zack Snyder movie. You know, uh, just in case there's any confusion, you know, it is just New York that is obliterated in the Watchmen books. Because in the movie, it's like it's this whole worldwide event. You know, oh, it's like every major city in the yeah, U.S. Yeah, like Hong right? Kong, Tokyo, oh, and L.A. internationally, right? Oh, man, yeah. it's been a long time since I've seen Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. And it's not, uh, it's not meant to look like an alien invaded Earth. It, it was, it's made to look like Doctor Manhattan caused this mass destruction, yeah. right? So, yeah, let's be clear. Uh, I did enjoy the, the Watchmen movie a lot, but there are some pretty key elements that stray greatly from the source material, you know, and naturally the doomsday clock appears to be following the the comics i think a lot of people were pretty upset about that the watchman purist as you noted earlier (laughs) yeah i remember when it played out i was like okay yeah i get that i get why they did that but at the same time i wanted to see that cthulhu looking alien creature thing right yeah just uh explode over new york city yeah yeah oh so that's the thing i remember walking away from like okay so if they were to them taking this turn Kind of defeated the purpose of them showing uh, Ozymandias's, uh what was his animal's name? Oh, like Bubastis, I believe. It was like a blue tiger peacock looking thing. <laughs> yes. And a genetic mutation. Yes. And that that was like one of his early experiments of playing around with mutation, like mutated creatures to make them look like aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of threw, That's a, right, kinda yeah. threw that out the window, right? Yeah. Like they didn't need to show his animal. Because then it wouldn't have tied into what he was going to be dropping on New York. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that's a good point. In the movie, this creature, yeah, I just confirmed the name is Bubastis. Good memory. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of, it's tied in with this this fucked up Cthulhu-looking creature we see at the end. But, yeah, in the movie, uh, it, it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He's not like... He's not into genetics or or, yeah. or molecular like like uh, like gene splicing and that right. sort of thing, right? Yeah. But that's a big part of the original series, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah. Is there a director's cut or something like that that exists out there that shows like the original ending from the book on film? Okay, so yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty deeply aware of this stuff. So there is a director's cut of Watchmen. There's also what they call. Uh, Oh, what do they call it? I think it's called the final cut. The Alan Moore cut. <laughs> it's not the Alan Moore cut. The Alan Moore cut is is zero minutes. <laughs> he doesn't want his, you to see anything. It's his but, middle finger on screen for two basically. and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but there is no cut that shows like the the comic book ending. There, there was never a version where you see the alien creature. It was always Doctor Manhattan who was seemingly the the weapon of, of mass destruction. Yeah, yeah. How cool would that be, though, if they captured that in this HBO series? Oh, man. 
Yeah. So that's a good, that's some more good speculation, right? So what is that, you know, series going to be? You know, some people think it's going to be the retelling of, of the original story. I could see that, you know, it's 12 issues. They could easily make like 12 episodes. Yeah. Might be kind of perfect there, right? Um, Do you think they could also throw in that sub story of the, what's it called? The Black Pirate or the Dark Pirate or something like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. These were the, these, this was the mini story that was like in between each chapter or between each issue. Yeah, I believe it's called the Black Freighter. Black Freighter. Yeah. There you go. And oh, going back to that, that quote unquote final cut, I just looked it up. It's called the Ultimate Cut. And that Ultimate Cut does have the Black Freighter stuff in it. Oh, it does. It does. It's it's super long. So not only is there additional scenes in the world of, of Watchmen, um, notably there's much more of of the original Night Owl, Owl the Hollis Mason character. Um, but it also has all this. It's intercut with the Black Freighter uh, stuff and in animation form it's, it's pretty cool but it's it's super long it's like way too long for me to like like a four and a half hour movie <laughs> it's super long yeah like i said w- way too long for me to give like a, a hearty recommendation but i as as a a watchman completist i think <laughs> you got to check it out it's cool yeah, the okay. um the the voice of the main character the, the pirate is uh, gerard butler uh, who, oh, I can see that. Yeah, and that he, you know, sense. obviously he he worked with Zack Snyder on 300, yeah, so Mr. pretty Lee cool Nidus little himself. connection there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that that was pretty cool. Um, to be honest, I could kind of do without that stuff, like because ultimately the Black Freighter storyline ended up being this the comic book that that kid by the newsstand was reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it ties into the story. Yeah, exactly, and the themes of the Black Freighter. Uh, were like it narrated what was happening. Yeah, it was kind of in parallel with yeah. what was going on in, in the Watchmen world. But I mean, I thought, I mean, both like it might be sacrilege to say, but even in the comics, you know, definitely in the movie, in the Ultimate Cut. But even in the comics, I thought it was a little extraneous. Like yeah. I find, I found myself kind of glossing over <laughs> that stuff on the first run. You know, like. When I first read it, I kind of glossed over that a little bit. Like uh, subsequent readings, yeah, I kind of dug I, deeper I actually liked stuff. it. I, I, I thought it was a cool move. I've never seen that before where it's a comic in a comic. Right? Yeah. It's super meta, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, another note on that ultimate cut. So in the in the original comics, there's quite a bit of interaction with the kid who's reading Black Freighter and uh, the newsstand guy. Mm-hmm. There's There's a lot of dialogue between them. And that was taken out of the theatrical release, but there's a lot of that uh, in the, the ultimate cut. That that I thought was pretty cool, you know, like th- that the kid uh, just sort of the bantering with with the newsstand guy, pretty cool. I need to borrow this from you. Do you have the ultimate cut? I do. I do have uh, the director's cut and the ultimate cut. So if you got you know ten hours to spare, <laughs> you know, get uh, get your Watchmen marathon on, man. <laughs> so. All right, yeah. Um, By the way, you want to hear something new I learned? Do you know what um, binge racing is? You've heard of binge watching. I have right? a feeling. Have you heard of what I binge know what racing is? is? I haven't heard of it. I have a feeling I know what it is, though. So binge racing is watching a series that was just released within 48 hours. <laughs> so that would be like watching like you know, the run of Daredevil, 13 episodes within 48 hours of its yeah. release. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. There are a couple people here in this office that have done that. <laughs> hey, you're looking at one of them. <laughs> I know on a number, I think, I think with Luke Cage and Iron Fist, I completed the entire season one, the weekend of release for, for both of those. So yeah. So, you know, binge racing. Yeah. I'm definitely binge racing. I've done it. Yeah. Crazy. I think well, a number of us have, have, have done it and it's, it's a little disturbing because, uh, you know, it begs the question, don't you have something better to do? <laughs> Nobody got time for that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. I think we can wrap it up. Yeah. Any any final yeah. thoughts on Doomsday Clock? Buy it. Read it. I can't wait for this to come out. Read Me. Watchmen. Read Watchmen again. You know, I yeah. read Watchmen a few times over, and uh, it was cool. Like, I found, like, little details that I didn't find the first pass yeah. around. Um, that's a great book, man. Yeah. Watchmen. It's so layered. That's got to be in yeah. every comic book reader's library. Yeah, check it out. I, and like I was saying before, I, I you know, good or bad, I recommend all that shit, man. I didn't mention the Watchmen Noir that came out last year. That's the black and white version of the original twelve series, a uh, twelve issue series. I recommend that too. That's super cool. Um, Does that include like additional artwork or what? You know, that there's a there's a little something extra. I forgot exactly what it is, um, but uh, there, it's essentially the entire twelve-issue run in black and white, and um, there, yeah, there's a little bit of extra material in there for you to check out. Um, but the, the main selling point is it's in black and white, and it's kind of blessed by Dave Gibbons. Yeah. It's like it's not just like uh, half-assed, you know, like done like quickly. Like they they, they put some time and effort in. Speaking of Dave Gibbons, I met him at. Uh Let's see, Big Wow, a couple of years okay. ago, before yeah. it turned into Silicon Valley Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. Super nice guy, him and his yeah. wife. They're super nice. And in, in addition to signing my book, he gave me a nice little like Rorschach sketch inside right my uh, inside my Watchmen book. Yeah, that's awesome. Pretty sweet. And um, I I've met him as well, and my meeting with him was very similar to yours. So I met him at San Diego Comic Con a few years ago, and I, I brought my Watchmen DVD, and he signed the cover, and. Again, I didn't even ask for it, but uh, on the, the back of the sleeve, which is all white, perfect for a sketch, he did a little <laughs> sketch. He actually asked me, like, oh, any any character in particular you want to see? And I had him do a, a night owl. So, oh, right yeah, on. That's pretty cool. So, and yeah, same thing. Like, this guy's, like, super nice dude. Like, he was incredibly happy to be there and super humble and thankful for, like, his fans. It, it makes me wonder how it came to be that he worked with Alan Moore, who seems like a mega <laughs> asshole, you know? <laughs> you know, maybe they just, maybe they never interacted together. I wonder. Maybe I, it was one of those things where Alan Moore is in, uh, he's in France or something. Like uh, that, or? I think he's in England. In England. Yeah. Maybe France. Who knows? But, uh, it's, it, it seems yeah, after meeting him and hearing your account of meeting him, it seems like he's just like the polar opposite personality <laughs> from, from Alan Moore. So I don't know. I don't know. Have, you, have you ever seen pictures of Alan Moore? He looks crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's a facade though, right? What if he's like be. a really nice guy? It's possible. It's possible. Maybe it's all a facade, but the, the, the media perception is like, he's just like the biggest a-hole you could ever meet. Right. <laughs> and if he is, maybe it's one of those things where like, like the, the difference of style, it, it just, there is something that just, it was magical, you know, it like it just, it, it was, yeah, it worked. It was the right place, right time. And they just 
came up with this masterpiece. It's, you know, maybe that's what happened. I don't think as long as I've been reading Alan Moore's stuff, I don't think I've ever read or seen anything regarding like fan interaction with him, with Alan Moore. Right. Yeah. And I wonder if that's for a reason. <laughs> has has an, an Alan Moore fan ever met Alan Moore? I mean, I've Does never Alan heard Moore of really exists? <laughs> oh. Ooh, there's, oh, there you go. There's another conspiracy theory. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe it's like, like a pen name, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Could be. Who knows? <laughs> it's Stanley the whole time. <laughs> that I can guarantee you it's not. <laughs> but uh, hey, it might be it might be someone else. Who Never knows? know. He he did come around uh, around that whole uh, like British invasion where like Grant Morrison and other uh, British creators started to come to prominence. So, you know, maybe he's Grant Morrison. Number Wait, of I other think Alan names. Morrison is uh, from Scotland, I think. He is, he is. Right. But like, but we're saying Alan Moore could be anyone. He right? could be anybody. <laughs> yeah. He could be the real Dr. Manhattan. Who knows? Who knows? All right. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry and Rainier. <laughs>